Hi there, this is Matt Spiro. You are listening to the official League Un podcast and a special interview that my colleague Robbie Thompson carried out with the former PSG striker Guillaume Waro. Now, Guillaume enjoyed five memorable seasons in the capital, experiencing a wide range of emotions, and he remains very much a loved figure at the Parc des Princes today. We hope you enjoy Guillaume's chat with Robbie, and don't forget to rate us on the different podcast platforms. Thanks for tuning in. Okay, so Guillaume, just to, to start, thank you for joining us. First, um, first up, the statistics. Five years with Paris Saint-Germain, 2008 to 2013, 166 matches and 56 goals. Is this correct? Are you Guillaume Waro? Exactly. That's who I am. Yeah, thank you for the <laughs> reminder. <laughs> it's always a pleasure. Yeah. Now, I've just seen, and Loic, uh, a, a mutual friend and colleague of ours, just sent me the, the link again. You have a new song out called Panam. Which is, yeah, I know I you have a love for music, but this, uh, you also have a love for Paris. Yeah, exactly. I did release this song last week. And um, yeah, that was for me like a letter, my letter for, to, to, to Paris, because I spent like five years in, in this city. But for me, it's like almost all my life, because in Paris, Paris built me a name in football. So, and in Paris, I had my, my son. He's born in Paris too, so for me it was a real one of the best moment of my life, and uh, that's how I became a, a man. When when you look at at, at Paris Saint Germain now, and this is something perhaps for people that are not French, it's harder to understand. But you come from France, but on the other side of the world, exactly. and this is something for many people in, apart from maybe Hawaii and America. It's mm. difficult for, for us to understand that you are French, but you come from uh, an island just off the coast of Africa, near Madagascar, called La yeah. Réunion. What, how do you yeah. see France? And do you have a special relationship with La France? Yeah, we are a um, colony island, the story of, of slavery and stuff. So we won't remake the, the story. And, uh, but we are totally 100% France. So we have the helps for, for, for France. And uh, yeah, for us, for we uh, island people, we just have this, France for us is the dream, you know, someone who live La Réunion, go in France, uh, it's mean success. So we always see this, this, uh, this mother country like uh, something to achieve in our life. So when I was young there, I was just, yeah, seeing some of my cousin, my sister went to, to Paris for studying. But for me, you know, I, I'm an island guy. So for me, it's like, yeah, I will spend all my life in the island. And sometime, if I'm lucky, I will go for holidays, like the snow. I want to see the snow. I want to ski and stuff like that. So when I got this opportunity to become a professional, that was different for me and, and because the dream came true and, and I was so afraid to leave my island, my family, my friends to go in this big, such a big country. So when I, I did the step across the, the ocean and I arrived in Paris, I mean, in France, Le Havre first, that was in Normandy. I was impressed because everything is big. Everything is like, wow, how will I do that? So for me, it was a big, 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 a new page I have to write by myself and uh, yeah I learn I learn and uh, a lot and Paris 
yeah, as I said before, give me a name because when you succeed in Paris, then there is a lot of doors for you will be open. When when you're playing in La Réunion, because I think what was your team? Saint Pierre was, is that right? Gena, where, exactly where you were. There, right. there. You, it's not. I, I, I'm, I don't know if it's a, like a professional setup for youth players or if it's like a, a youth academy now. But you were still there when you were 19, 20, before getting yeah. the chance to become professional with Luav. So you didn't come through a normal road for what we think of a French footballer these days either. Does that make you no. different, maybe? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, that's true because I didn't have this, you know, the correct or the normal way for professional is like he has to build himself in a uh, formation center. Mm -hmm. And me, I didn't have this, you know, as I say, I have the best formation possibly possible because my dad was my trainer, first my dad and my trainer. So I have the best uh, education as possible. So, yeah, we've, we have few partnerships between professionals club in France and La Réunion. And Saint-Pierroise had this partnership with uh, Le Havre. So I did a couple of try in when I was younger, like 13 and 15 years old. But I was not good enough. So at 19, they came, they saw me playing game and... And they just say, okay, so we will give this guy a last chance. And uh, I went there and I, and I was lucky this time. So they, they gave me a six-month contract with the amateur. And at the end of this contract, I signed my first professional contract. So, yeah, I arrived with a lot of um, work to do because, you know, when you have three time a week trainings mm. and you go for everyday training, so... That was for me, the rhythm at the beginning was very hard. So I have to hang on and uh, to hold on, sorry, and, uh, and to, yeah, to work a lot. That's where I come from, from, from a working uh, world. And, uh, and maybe this, this, this way for me to arrive in this professional world with my fresh uh, attitude and, and I, I was not like a, a project from uh, for formation. So maybe that was... At the beginning, that was a big weakness, but I, I, I turned it to a, a real strength for me. And, and what did Paris Saint-Germain represent to, to you coming from so far away? Was Paris Saint-Germain a, 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 a dream at this stage when you're playing in the reserves at Le Havre or signing that first professional contract with Le Havre? Far from this, you know, for me, just the, the, the fact that I left the island for being a professional, even in the second division, that was the big dream. So for me, just to play for Le Havre was, okay, I achieve it. So I'm here, so now it's it's cool. I was not thinking about the first division. So, and I waited for four years before, before I realized that mm, maybe we can do something even bigger. But, uh, you know, playing for Paris Saint-Germain, that's more than a dream. So when you come from an island, you don't have this in your, you know, if you are the same person, you won't say, I want to play for PSG. No way. So for me, Le Havre was, yeah, it was my destiny. And um, yeah, so my story, my story is beautiful because, yeah, I reached Paris Saint-Germain and uh, yeah, that's the best dream I could, I could have. How did the how did the deal come about? You just finished. You'd had an excellent season with Luar. Yeah. 
And it's in December that you signed for PSG and stay yeah. at Luar for another six months. You must have been watching those last games of oh. PSG, wondering, oh my God, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> true, true. That was uh, very um, uh, stressful because uh, for the last weeks, my father came to my place and we were just watching because Paris was fighting for, for, for staying in the first league and they, they saved themselves at the last game. So I opened the champagne, I jumped all around in my house and that was for me, wow, uh, an, an achievement. And it's it like I was a part of this game. I was giving all my power, screaming in front of the TV. It's the first time in my life I, I was a huge fan of a club like that. And, uh, but yeah, I, I took my precaution as well because, you know, I, after this crazy season in Havre. I wanted really to go in PSG because I had this discussion with Paul Le Guin, the coach at the time, and he promised me that if you come to work with me, I will make you play, that you can be sure of that. You will have like 15 games, so don't worry for that. So he really gave me a lot of confidence, And um, but the situation of the club was not that good at this moment. So that's why in my contract we did like, okay, if Paris unfortunately goes to the second division, so my the deal I signed is like cancelled, so I can I could choose another club. So it was for me a, like uh, escape window. But deep inside myself, I just wanted to go in Paris. So I did not imagine to go somewhere else. So that's why when they saved themselves, I was so happy. Everything was set up for this, and and I say this looking back with history and knowing your place in the history of Paris Saint-Germain now, but everything was almost set up for it to be a terrible move. You were replacing Pauletta. The club was struggling. They had just only just survived. You were the goal scorer. They were playing in Europe, I think, that first season. So it could have been bad because there was a lot yeah. of pressure on you to, to really perform straight away. You had the confidence of Paul Le Guin. But in the end, you turned it around and it was, a, it was one of your best seasons with PSG, I think. My first season, yeah, was the, the beginning of everything and my best one, that's for sure. But I don't think that when, when Paris bought me from Le Havre, they say this guy would be the, the one who will substitute Paoletta because you just can't. This guy is an icon in Paris. So me, I just say, okay, I will arrive from the League 2 and... I won't be on the top, so I will need time. So this I knew, and, and I say, they won't kill me like this, put me under the spotlight and say, this guy have to make Paulita's work. No, it was, okay, you come, you will have some experienced players around you, and you will be yourself. And But I arrived and I played direct, so the, the mm. pressure was high from the beginning. And then, fortunately for me, I, I could turn the situation on my, uh, yeah, for me, and, and yeah, the success arrived fast. And uh, I, I think everybody was, was happy at, at this time. That you tell us about that first game. And I've always wanted to ask you this question. So I've been waiting, you know, 15 years of, of, in France as a journalist, but waiting to ask you this question. Did you get a touch on Jerome Rotten's ball into the box against Marseille and did you actually score a hat-trick in that match? No, no, no. But you know, if you see if you see the the video Yeah, I've watched the live. 
<laughs> yeah, you see me. You see me when I run to them. Yeah. There's a guy I don't remember who asked me, "You touch it?" I say, "No." So I you did really it, didn't you know, touch it. I I did not touch it. No, 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 no. But I, I when everybody asked me and I say no, so okay. I could have so... lied, but I say no, I didn't <laughs> touch it. There is camera everywhere, so how I can say? But you know, yeah. And uh, we, with Jerome, we had this. Um, how can I say this relationship on 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 these uh, standout uh, free kicks and stuff? So mm -hmm. I I always knew where the ball. Would be so I just ran on this uh, position and yeah every time was like seventy percent I was at, at the right place so I influenced influenced the the, the goal but I didn't mm -hmm. make it. Okay, just to explain to everyone listening, this is uh, Marseille versus Paris Saint Germain at the Velodrome. Marseille, I think, yeah. are undefeated in the league. They're second in the in the league. It's been a long time since Paris have won again. It's always traditionally been a hard place. For Paris to go mm. and you win 4-2 you score twice maybe nearly three <laughs> <laughs> Peggy Luyendula scores a fantastic goal <laughs> two and a half <laughs> and and what did it mean that that victory for you because you didn't win a lot of times against Marseille I think that season they win in yeah. Paris the next year Marseille win again twice what what was that match and that rivalry and looking back that first Classico for you I think that's exactly the point, the moment when you get from the stomach to the heart of the supporters. <laughs> you know, I was like, I had like a good welcome. Everybody welcomed me well there in Paris. And I had like a good relationship with the fan, with the club. But after this, this double pack in Marseille, that changed everything for me. I was feeling myself sitting on the Eiffel Tower, you know, because uh, everybody is talking about you in the newspaper, like in, on TV, it's, everybody's calling you, it's like, what's happened? Like earthquake, you don't, I was not ready for that. So that was very fast. So you just have to, to breathe and, and just to step back because the Saturday after you probably play, play against a small team. So mm -hmm. that's where you have to confirm. So I will I always, been well surrounded so my agent my family so we, we keep always, always the, the the head cold and focus on the work so that's why for me i enjoyed it like the two three days after that we all have an ego so you know when you give this ego some flowers i just took them and uh, but then after i just say hey now you have to confirm and score again the, the week after so but it's a big thing when you score two goals in velodrome where you play for paris and, hey that's happened not a lot, lot of time in your, in your life when you're a sport guy. This might be a, a, a time to come back to your music, maybe. You talk about how you kept a, a head on your shoulders and all this sort of thing. Did you, did you already... I've seen the footage of you in a pre-season trip uh, with Paris playing the drums in <laughs> yeah. Austria, famous club videos of you. Music is important for you. We've spoken about your, mm -hmm. your latest song. You, you play guitar, you sing, you play drums. Did you always do that, or was that something you developed when you arrived as a professional footballer? And is it important for you as a professional footballer to have have this other side to you? You know, I came from an island. I grew up with music. We have a traditional music in the island, so that was always that's in my veins, my blood. So when I I used to play in the band when I was in my island with my cousins, my uncle, 
and I was a drummer, yeah. But when I arrived in France, I had my drum with me, but the thing is alone, you just look stupid. So I just say, <laughs> okay, I have to change this and, and to find another, because I still want to, to, to do something to sing at least. So that's how I, I learned guitar when, when my, son, my son was born in Paris. So I bought my first guitar in Paris and then, yeah, so that for me was important because I kept the, the balance between the pressure of the work and the, the relaxing time because you need both of them. And uh, I, I was not a guy who liked to go out and party a lot. So I, I do like party, but at home. So and with friends singing, karaoke, barbecue, music. So that's always where I am. And, and that's how I, I learned my my guitar, and then after piano, and and yeah, so that was always a part of me. When the, to move back to the to the football, the next season, your second season, and there's a change of coach. Um, Antoine Comboare arrives. You play a little bit less that first season. There's always lots of changes at PSG yeah. at the time, and in that that season as well. And I don't want to talk too overly about it, but I think it's an important event in the history of Paris Saint-Germain, there was crowd trouble between the, between the fans and there was the death of one supporter ah, exactly. for a big match. And how, how did the players deal with this? Because the club was not falling apart, but it was a very, very difficult time for, for Paris Saint-Germain. Yeah, it was because everybody was talking about this and we just say, guys, we have to stay focused on, on, on the pitch because we have uh, like goals to, to reach and we need our supporters. But then after when, when the, the President Le Prou at this time decided to, to, to put the new rule and, and to, to block the, um, the cop, that was a, wow, like a bound. So mm. the park, yeah, Park he, he dissolved all the supporter clubs, yeah, didn't yeah. he? There were no more fans, yeah, no yeah, more yeah. ultras. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And since then, Paris atmosphere never been the same than before. So for us, it was like hard, you know, because uh, we, we need that. But when you just look back of what happened this night, there was Paris Marseille. Mm. This guy died. We all have family in the... Yeah, in the crowd, my sister, my both sister was living in Paris. They 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 took metro to come to the game. So when I heard about what's happened outside, I was just not like, well, I cannot focus on my game if I'm not sure that my sister is like in a good. It's, it's safe. Uh, so that's why when when they did that, after it was very hard because you have to build everything from from zero, and and when you remove our supporters it's like we fight without guns so that was that, that was very difficult at the beginning but then after they find some solution and it was more or less good but the park is not the park like it used to be before so that's why i'm happy because i knew how it was before and mm. i can tell you that was crazy <laughs> that that season you do have one incredible highlight which is, and it's another dream moment, I guess. It's extra time, Stade de France, a cup final against Monaco, and and you score the winner. So that's yeah, yeah. That's another special. dream, you know. We all dream when your boy like score, go, uh, yeah, the, the goal of the final, you know, the the winning goal, and that's what happened to me. So yeah, this moment was crazy because the season was not that 
good. Mm-hmm. So we we reach our our ticket for the Europa League, and um, and yeah, this goal came like last minute. I remember because I was totally out of my game at the beginning of the game. I broke my finger on my hand, so I was like on the pain. And at the halftime, the doctor asked me. Are you sure you want to see the play? I say, I will try. Give me the painkillers and I will try my, my best. So before the injury time, the coach asked me, Guy, I will take you out. I said, no, coach, I want to stay because if we go to penalty, I want to, to shoot the first. It's the final. I will go first. Don't worry for that. So we were was waiting for, 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 for the penalty session. And then this, this action, Claude Makilele gave the ball to Jalet. He shot and then the ball just arrived on my head like, Oh, amen. Amen. Put the ball inside, and inside it was an explosion. But I was on the pain, so I did not really enjoy this event, you know. Because after this, everybody went for we have a, like a party was organized for for us. But I went there like everybody have a couple of champagne. I just say to my my girlfriend back in the time, let's go home. I I have too much pain. I can. I was crying, so yeah, this moment w- was was strange, but of course, it was one of the best moments of my career as well. Maybe, maybe you can, because this is a podcast about all of the history of Paris Saint-Germain, tell us why you think, uh, during this time as well, I mean, your league position, 6th, uh, 13th, 4th, just missing out again, finished 2nd in 2012, mm. But cup final, semi-finals, cup wins. Why was Paris Saint-Germain a cup team and not a league team? This is what I heard when I arrived in France and I used to go to the stadium all the time and, and mm. amazing nights in the cups. And, but in the league, just in lacking consistency. I don't know. I mean, that's a difficult question, you know. Uh, because it's changed now as well. Yeah, yeah. Now today it's like <laughs> yeah, we take everything. <laughs> no, but I mean the, a season is a long, a long race. You know, you have to 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 be patient, but you have to perform like on a long time. So that means you need a, a group uh, healthy, without injured player, without nothing. And uh, it's long, you know, to build a, a real winning team with the the, the perfect mentality. So we, Paris was rebuilding a team for winning. And in the cup game, you have this moment, you know, that it's today. You know, you win, you go. You lo- So mentally is different, you know. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the cup chose us too. It's, maybe it's destiny. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we... we we perform very well in, in the cup, and you know you just have a see uh, you just have the the, the, the draw that sometimes is just random. So you play with some clubs, and uh, yeah, the Coupe de France is one of the hardest way, hardest cup. So there's a lot of prestige, and uh, we won it. So yeah, that was always part of history of Paris. So it's a good a good stuff. But uh, yeah, I think to to build like a, a real winning team. You need this, this guy with experience who has already won before, so that's why the club was was trying to do, and uh, finally got it. Well, that when it came, the change of ownership, QSI arrives. You're you're still there. That mm. during this changeover period, when suddenly from one day to the next, everything yeah. changes. 
for the club. First of all, as, as you wearing the number nine shirt, when you're mm. seeing all these players arrive and looking at you wearing the number nine shirt <laughs> and wanting your number nine shirt, how do, you, how do you live that experience? Do you start thinking, this is the chance for me to take the next step? Do you feel more pressure, less pressure? You have nothing to lose? How, was, how did you live this? At the beginning, we were like excited because we said, oh, the big team is, is coming. So, wow, this is nice. So, me, uh, they told me like, look, we build a big team and you will be part of it. So, without any promises. So, I just said to myself, okay, like do like, like you always do before. So, fight for your position. Nobody has this certain place in the pitch. But then when about Ibrahimovic, I say, hmm. That would be difficult, you know, because you have Ibrahimovic. At this time, we had Gamero, Jeremy Menez, a lot of a lot of players, uh, good strikers, and and Ancelotti. When you arrive, we understood like because we were first on the ranking, and they, they fired Comboire uh, for Ancelotti. So we say there won't be any gift to anyone. So no privilege this time. So Leonardo told us, look, now the new ship is. Is is cruising so? Oh, you you are you, you keep strong. You're strong, and you just jump into the boat and you fight for your position and enjoy it because that will be fast. You know the time is going. So I said to myself, okay, I stay. I try my best. And Ancelotti, he was one of my best coach I ever ever had with the, this human part. You know, mm-hmm. he know us to to uh, how to talk with the, the players. So, yeah, I was fighting for my position. So, I've always been on the, on the squad, on the bench, and I was waiting for my minutes. So, uh, that's what, at the beginning, was hard. You, you left your, your, your position on the 11 start, and then you go on the bench. So, you say, okay, Ivanovic is playing, so it's normal, you know. And, uh, but he was playing every game. And sometimes I was joking with him, like, hey, Zlatan, give me five minutes, please. And look at me like, no. <laughs> you know, it, <laughs> this guy is so, it's crazy. I really have a lot of pleasure to train with him. But uh, after that, when you know that even on the bench, there is no more space, you start to wonder, whoa, what should I do now? Mm-hmm. And then when they bought David Beckham, I understood that that's more than just a club. They want to reach the world, you know. So, and I, I understood understood how the business works. So, Beckham was for the image of the club. Mm. But I say, okay, I was I put my stone on it, but I don't have my place anymore. When Beckham is there, is like almost at the end of his career. So, where should, where will I sit? There is no more space on the bench or on the tribune. It's nice. One, two games, but then what? So that's why after I say, I will finish my season and then next year I will see. But during the, the break, holiday, the, the Christmas break, the Chinese, they call me and they, you know, Chinese are crazy. So I just give you a check with a lot of zero on it. And I just say, how can I leave Paris to go in another clubs in France? That's just impossible. I just took the opportunity because I start my, my career late. So I knew that it was a lot of money and I still have my music dream. So everything was planned, built in my head. If I take this risk, I won't regret it. I will do everything for not regretting it. And that's why 
I went after for 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 China because other clubs they were talking, but no nothing serious because the salary was too high or blah 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 blah. And uh, and then yeah, I went to China, so that was a mistake because uh, it was a, re- a real mess there. But you know, you just know it when that happened to you. And then uh, after this, I came back and. Five years later, I'm in Switzerland still. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But just before we get to Switzerland quickly, do you consider yourself a French champion in that 2013 campaign? You won the league with Paris Saint-Germain. And what does that represent for you? I remember when we were in Doha for the training camp, when I decided to to left, I did a, a a short speech. And I told the guys, hey, but promise me that we will be champions because if you champions, I will be champion. So I was in China and I was just waiting for my 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 champion cup because mm-hmm. uh, I, I played the first six months with the team. So yeah, for sure I would have been champion too. So for me it was yeah, I was part of it. Not for this year, but for all the work I've done in this club, I consider myself like a champion too. So even today, when they are champion, a part of me feel you champion too. So that is crazy. So that's what this club made to you. You made you f- fell in love for it, you know, because it's just more than a club. I, I do have a lot of respect for all the clubs I did. Mm. But Paris is Paris because it's just more than like Barcelona say. I know Paris they don't, don't like Barcelona, but masculine club. And it's really true. It's more than a club. Paris is even bigger than this. So, so yeah, I don't have a tattoo, but it's even better. I, I, I tattoo it deep inside. You have a song. I have a song, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Bonjour, madame. Bonjour, pana. Je te chante tambour battant ces quelques vers mélancoliques, le cœur bruyant comme un tam-tam. J'écris me repentant sous le soleil brûlant d'Afrique, je te dessine une aquarelle. À coups de pinceau sur la rythmique, je me replonge dans tes hivers, j'envoie les mots loin dans le ciel. Pour toi, toute la clique et les tiens qui m'ont rendu si fier, je t'ai mis tout en haut de la liste de mes plus belles réussites. Sans oublier le mot magique, je te dis merci en toute logique. Merci à toi, ô ville lumière. Sans la chaleur du fond de mon cœur, Panam, Panam, qu'est-ce qu'on était bien. Ça fait un bail, dis-moi comment ça va, je te réclame, mon cher Panam. Si je rentre au bercaille, me tendras-tu les bras Panam, Panam, qu'est-ce qu'on était bien Ça fait un bail, dis-moi comment ça va Je cultive le vague à l'âme, exilé bien trop loin J'en ai tout un arpège pour ma raconte À 14h, Panam, t'auras toujours ta place Et pour t'offrir des fleurs, je te dis midi à une terrasse Il vaut mieux tard que mal demain, aujourd'hui sera hier Alors dans l'idéal, on se verra aux folies bergères Le temps qui passe, passe trop vite J'ai tellement de choses à te raconter Tu verrais comme il est magnifique 
mon petit Voltaire métissé C'est la musique qui me fait planer, je mets du reggae dans la variette Plus grand je veux rêver, l'insulaire en conquête Et parmi toutes ces belles choses, il n'y a que pour toi que j'en pince toi Qui a peint ma vie en rose toi, qui a fait de moi un prince Paname, Paname, qu'est-ce qu'on était bien Ça fait un bail, dis-moi comment ça va, je te réclame Mon cher Paname si je rentre au bercaille, me tendras-tu les bras Paname, Paname, qu'est-ce qu'on était bien Ça fait un bail, dis-moi comment ça va Je cultive le vague à l'âme, exilé bien trop loin J'en ai tout un arpège pour ma Je reviendrai marquer une pause En attendant ce jour Voici mes pétales de prose Au Paname, mon cher Paname Tu as fait de moi un prince Je suis ton humble point sonneur Il n'y a que pour toi que j'en pense Au sang tu m'as ferveur Sur mon guitare Ou fais l'œuvre mon fond Donne mon accord à bon paix souvenir Où les douleurs si mon corps Le vent donne mon soupir Paname, Paname Qu'est-ce qu'on était bien ça fait un bail, dis-moi comment ça va, je te réclame Mon cher Paname, si je rentre au bercail Me tendras-tu les bras Paname, Paname, qu'est-ce qu'on était bien Ça fait un bail, dis-moi comment ça va Je cultive le vague à l'âme, exilé bien trop loin J'en ai tout un arpège pour ma dragon bêta 